What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is another episode of Talking Football. I am Austin Cunningham, and I am joined this week, as always, with the one and only Justin Trees. I've never heard that name before, so I don't know if you are the only one in the country. I don't know how familiar that name is. Maybe you can tell me that here in a little bit. But uh, we do have some stuff to run down in the NFL because that organization, that business does not rest. They do not know how to. But there's nothing wrong with that because that means we have something to talk about and engage with you guys on your thoughts and your opinions as well. So, first off, Trees, man, how have you been? Been good, man. Had a crazy weekend. Wife surprised me with a Vegas trip with all of my friends for my 30th birthday. And let me tell you, it got a little out of hand for a bit. But it was a great time. Loved every minute of it. We'll, we'll talk about some of the bets that I made while I was there. But um, to answer your question, Justin Trees, I don't think it's a common name because I got that email address and the Twitter handle and everything. And I'm like, there's no way you're getting all these things if it's a common name. That's pretty true. I mean, I've gotten Austin Cham or Austin's. I, I try to make it Seaham, but everyone reads it as Cham. So I'm right there with you. I don't know any other Austin Cunninghams. There may be another one or two, but I don't give a shit about them. So fuck them. You know what I mean? Sorry to Absolutely. drop a hard F-bomb there right here this early. <laughs> That's all right. Let's get, let, let's get rolling here. I'm excited, man. So something that we've been pushing off, just trying to wait for more info on, is the Tyreek Hill situation. Obviously, you, out of all of us, are the closest with that obviously being your team and where you live. So why don't you give us a little bit of update on how everything's going there? It's a huge mix of emotions, man. Like some people are happy that – with the fact that he's not going to be removed from the team that he's, you know, there's no legal action being put against him, which means he's going to be on the team. So I will be honest here. I'm kind of in that same boat just on the fact that it's nice to know that the original allegations or thoughts that were perceived upon the situation were automatically the worst. I get how that happened. But that's why I kind of wanted to avoid talking about it with you guys so much and just kept pushing it off like Treese said, was just due to the fact that I don't know what happened. Nobody knows really what happened. No legal documents can be published because a minor is involved of a child. So really right now, Kansas City is set on as long as the kid is healthy and fine and that the arm break was not through abuse or from either the parent whether that is Tyree Kill or his fiance, the child's mom, Espinol. I th- believe that's how her name is pronounced. If I mispronounced it, excuse me there. But uh, that's the good news in this situation. The other issues were bruises on the child, whether that was from being spanked. They did admit that they did use spanking um, as a form of parenting. That was their way of doing it. So there's still some discussions on that here in the area. But really on the radio shows that I'm listening to, it's more of a – what's the league going to do kind of trying to predict what's the league going to suspend him. And then what I was thinking about on the way home, and I kind of want to talk to you about trees is how does this affect his contract talks? Because he's definitely not getting an extension this off season. And he signed, uh, who is his agent that he signed? Uh, Rosenthal or whatever. I think I just totally mispronounced that name. No, no, you're right. right. Yep. That's right. Okay. So if you're going to sign him as your agent, that pretty much means you're looking to get the big bucks. Like you're luck, you're looking to become one of the highest paid receivers, if not the highest paid player, like in your position group. And I just said the same thing twice, but you guys get the point here. As I was saying on the way home, this crossed my mind. 
and I started thinking about it. It's not going to happen this offseason, but what if he plays an entire year? Let's say he gets suspended four games. Two to four games is where I think it's going to be at because there's no legal charge. There's nothing crime evidence of anything of him actually hurting his child. The arm break was just a normal clumsy child who tried to brace for a fall and broke his arm. That's the report. Whether you believe it or not, that's the report. We'll leave it there. Back to my point. He plays an entire season, gets through this extension, lights it up, becomes an all-pro, pro bowl. What happens next offseason? Because the Chiefs' main focus right now is they got to pay Chris Jones. And I don't know if he was reporting for mandatory minicamp this week or if he's not. I still don't know that situation. I haven't heard anything. I'm sure you probably haven't. So what do you do, man? Because you've got to pay Patrick Mahomes – and Tyreek Kill next season, and Sammy Watkins is due another, like, $19 million. I mean, for me, if you have to pay him, you got to find a way to get Sammy Watkins off the books this year. Like, you got to trade him, like, during preseason type stuff. I, in my opinion, if, if it's going to be $19 million, that's a shit ton of money for a wide receiver. But obviously this is going to impact it. Like he's not going to get as much money as he would have six months ago. Like before all this news broke, if he would have, you know, massive deal at this point, chiefs know they can get him at a discount because nobody's going to take him on anyways. Even if he did like just play out the year and wanted to become a free agent, there's going to be so many teams that are scared to sign him. Obviously it just takes one and it'd probably be like the Browns that got him. But um, so I think that, I think that they if I was the Chiefs, I would be trying to get him at a discount right now, like a massive discount, and, and just put a lot of incentives in there and just be like, okay, like if you hit these parameters, you get your bonuses. You have to be top three in receiving yards. You have to lead the league in touchdowns. You have to do ABC, right? Like whatever it is, you make it extremely difficult. So he's very motivated to get all of it, right? But he has to now earn it because of what has happened over the past few months. That's the way I see it. Absolutely. I, I would agree with that. Um, I know I just mentioned the same Watkins. He's due $19 million this year. And the way his contract was set up was pretty much a three-year deal or two-year window. I mean, what was his, he got a, what, a three-year contract. Is that what it was? Yeah. So the, I believe the way it was set up was for two years. Last year, this year, move on from him. You got Miko Hardman, Tyreek Hill. Demarcus Robinson might show up. Jamal Custis, um, Byron Pringle, the receiver out of Kansas State, he got injured in the Chiefs' last preseason game last season against the Green Bay Packers, was lighting it up that game. I'm not sure. I don't remember what the injury was, but it kept him out the whole season. He's back this year. I've heard nothing but positive things in the camp. But, you know, that's there's not much to talk about right now when you got a guy in shorts and helmet tearing it up on the field you're going to talk about it. But I'm excited to see where those guys come up, especially with Sammy Watkins most likely moving out the door this next offseason. Yeah, I'm hoping to see a lot out of Demarcus Robinson this year. I really like him as a player. So I, I hope that he uh, he steps up and becomes that true number three that he just hasn't had that opportunity on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you brought up Chris Jones, possible holdout minicamp and that's exactly what another defensive end from that same draft class in Yannick Yannick Ngakwe I almost just messed up my own player's name uh he is holding out he came out with a statement today saying I will not be attending any minicamps because my contract isn't resolved I remain committed to Jacksonville the fans and my teammates I hope to be 
be in Jacksonville for years to come. Good for you, Yannick. Stay the hell away from Jacksonville, the facility, until you get paid. As much as that hurts me to say as a fan, do it because you earned everything. They, I saw some stat today that it showed the top three sack people from that, that draft class. Yannick, number one at 23 and a half. Joey Bosa, second at 28 and a half. And third was your guy, Chris Jones, at like 24 and a half. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a lot. Those two are going to be playing off of each other. If, if, he see, if Yannick, say Yannick gets signed in the next couple weeks, I guarantee you, even if Chris Jones does report to minicamp, he leaves until he gets paid. If he sees Yannick get paid, he's going to be like, okay, it's my turn. Absolutely. And that's why I mentioned you know, earlier is that I have no idea on whether or not he's going to come to minicamp or not. A lot of the, a lot of the teammates are like, hey, man, come on, you know, you're going to get paid, da-da-da. But Chris Jones is very much a team player. He's one of the vocal leaders on that defense. We've heard a lot of talks that Frank Clark and then the Honey Badger are both trying, not necessarily trying, but are filling that void. But Chris Jones, man, he – when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, I feel like you see Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones. Like, I believe those are the two guys that you see on that team. Yes, you can throw in Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill as well, but – when you look at the when you say Kansas City Chiefs, I think of 15, 95, and then comes 87, 10, now the new 55 and the new 32. That's the Kansas City Chiefs right there. Boom, 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 boom. Those are going to be the top four or five type players that are getting the most money on this team. And they're going to be the ones that, you know, make or break it for whether on what direction this team goes this next season. So for me, man, I'm right there with you. Chris Jones, get paid but I want to see you in Kansas city because I want to see you on the social media, you know, pages of the Kansas city chiefs and everyone else, because you're just too good in front of a camera, dude. You're too damn good in front of it. And one thing about the young is Yannick, his situation, Leonard Fournette tweeted at the Jaguars, pay this man. If you were the Jaguars, what do you think about that? I would be like, Leonard, didn't we just like bring you into the room and tell you about all the negative things you're doing and don't to p- don't piss us off? Like <laughs> that's what I would think. But at the same time, Jalen Ramsey did the same thing, so he posted multiple things on Instagram. But Jalen can because Jalen can do whatever the fuck he wants. Leonard, you need to you need to step up. But I do love that he supports his teammate and wants his guy to get paid. Right? Like I'm I'm all for that. But at the same time, like. Dude, you're on. You're like walking on eggshells already. So maybe, maybe you should tone it back a bit. But I, I have no problem with it. Speaking of Jalen, that man left the. He was a Jordan athlete, Nike, and he left it last week for Adidas. Which I, I mean, not. I don't think anybody's going to give a shit. They're going to be curious. Why are we talking about this? But I, I think it's kind of a big deal. Like being a Jordan athlete is like what kids grow up wanting to be like being sponsored and having that Jordan. Like you see it with college football players all the time when they get, when their team gets sponsored and they like show the Jersey, like I know like Florida last year and Oklahoma last year, you saw the kids like freaking out because Holy shit, we're sponsored by Jordan, like the team and like not just the player. And Jalen was that player before, like right when he declared for the draft, Nike signed him. So like before the draft even happened, he became a Jordan athlete and leaving for Adidas is big time, man. Like you would think that like it might be under armor because under armor's kind of like taking that 
second tier athlete. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good underarm athletes. I don't want to call them second tier, but I mean, like it's in the tier of like coolness, I think is like Jordan under armor Adidas. But I think Adidas is trying to make that jump. They definitely are dude. I mean, they got Patrick Mahomes as well. I think they almost had Tyree kill and then this whole mess happened. But uh, I mean, those two guys right there from Kansas city, uh, Travis Kelsey's definitely Nike, so I'm not even going to talk about that. But this whole Jalen situation kind of reminds me of uh, James Harden when he transitioned into the Rockets. He got that massive, like, $300 million deal from Adidas. And he's like, <laughs> okay, like, that's not a hard decision. Like, you're going to pay me that much money. I get my own shoe line. Dude, let's roll. So yeah. that's, that's what it reminds me of right here. Absolutely. My only worry is maybe he's getting paid more by – he's obviously getting paid more by Adidas and Nike or he wouldn't have left, but now he's going to be like, I can take less money and not stay with the Jags and go somewhere else because I don't need my contract as big. That would be painful. Ouch. You'd hate to see that. would hate to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of ouch, how about a quarterback that has been hurt multiple years? and got a massive contract last week, and that's Carson Wentz. Yeah, um, good for him, dude. $107 million guaranteed dollars. Wow. Uh, don't be scared to, like, maybe drop some of that, you know, in my vicinity. Be like, hey, Austin, I got, got thirty grand over here for you, dude. Like, that, that's really not a lot to you, and that's all I'm asking for because that pays my student loans and everything else off, and I'm just like – Swinging a profit, sleeping a profit. I don't know. Just, just think about something. it. Think, yeah. Just think about it, Carson. <laughs> don't be scared. Um, I mean, if you say no, I'm in the same position I am now. Yep. Not depressed. No big deal. No big deal. You're just ruining my life, Carson. <laughs> uh, so, but for real, huge deal. Crazy that they signed him two years before they had to. Really jumped on that. And I'm starting to think like, they're going the route of like what the Lions did. So the Lions signed Stafford to this big deal, and it was only two years ago. And Stafford went from the number one paid quarterback. He's already the eighth. Like seven quarterbacks have jumped him in two years. So I think the Eagles were like, well, shit, if we can sign you now to a decent signed deal. I mean, and he's right in that area too. I mean, the guaranteed money is obviously higher, but he's right in that area because he knows the next couple of years, everybody's going to get paid. Like all the other quarterbacks, you got Deshaun Watson, you got Patrick Mahomes, you now have Dak Prescott, right? And I know there's more, but like those are the first three that just really popped into my head. I, I think it was a smart move by him. I, I'm right there with you. Now here's my question. You mentioned Dak. Is he worth as much, if not more, than Carson Wentz right now? Uh, his his agent, for sure, is going to say yes. And I almost think Jerry Jones is going to agree with that. Yeah. Well, Jerry Jones hasn't had been successful in like 20 years until Dak came around. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. We got to give Tony Romo some credit here, man. I called him Tony Chokmo blatantly. Everyone ever is like, everyone would be like, hey, Tony Romo. Be like, you mean Tony Chokmo? And then he'd be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I figured, I was like, man, this guy chokes all the time, makes stupid decisions. That obvious Seattle game where he botches the game-winning field goal. Boy, you really hate to see that. I remember being a little kid watching and just like, what an idiot. Like, how can you do that? But 
Tony Chokomo did it. And then I, you know, I really start to just appreciate the plays that he made and realizing how little I did get to watch him. And every time I did watch him, it was on like a primetime game. It was the only game on TV. But, man, he made a lot of plays for the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of comebacks too. Like he kept them in a lot of games single-handedly. I got to give him some respect. Plus, I love him in the booth. So I feel I have a feeling I'm going to be talking like this about Phillip Rivers in the next couple of years as well. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm with you. Tony Romo was awesome. I just, I mean, Dak has just been more successful in playoffs is what it's come down to at this point in his career compared to Romo. And I love how we are literally the same person because one of my best friends growing up was a huge Cowboys fan. And so I would always have the Super Bowl parties and every single, and given we weren't old enough to drink alcohol, right? So it's just like, okay, so we have sodas. I would print oh, off. Sure. Soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would print off labels that look like the Coke sign, but it just says choke. And I would put it on every single soda label. And so uh, right when he gets there, I'd be like, oh, did you want a drink? And then he'd be like, yeah, sure. And I'd be like, okay, which one do you want? And I'd point at him and he'd he'd be so pissed. He fucking hated me. Uh, I think I'm way funnier than I actually am sometimes. No, that's that's really good. I wish I would have thought of that. But, well... (laughs) You're you kind of laughing at yourself right now. I know, I really am. I'm so, <laughs> part of it's because I'm super fucking tired. <laughs> but hey, join the club, it might's in the mail. Uh, what do we got next here? Um, uh, speaking of things in the mail, Vegas bets. Hopefully, you're getting some cash mail to you here, bud. Because uh, you celebrated your big three zero, the big thirty. How are you feeling on that? First off, feeling great, man. I thought that maybe that weekend I wouldn't be able to handle it. But, again, I just don't get hangovers. So, like, I can just go all night and wake up the next day and be totally fine. What's your drink of choice? Oh, whiskey. I love tequila. Literally, I'll drink anything but gin is what it comes down to. Um, Mix in with your whiskey and your tequila. First off, you don't mix with whiskey. You just drink whiskey straight. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. what the moment. Uh, yeah, totally. That's what I meant. Um, tequila. Yeah, 100%. That's what they do. <laughs> Fucking psycho. All right, everybody. You're all welcome for this. Tequila. Get some soda water, some limes, chopped up jalapenos, tequila. Stir it up. Boom. You got a sweet and spicy drink. Jalapenos? And, yeah, dude. You, oh, dude. Just... Have you never had jalapeno, like a jalapeno margarita? No. I, Are, when I think of alcoholic beverages, I'm not thinking, huh, let me put some jalapenos in here. Dude, I'm not putting jalapenos in my freaking drinks. Dude, you, you need to live some more. Go to the liquor store. Go to your wherever. You get at the gas station, grocery store. I don't care where you go. Get, get a bottle of tequila. Get some soda water, right? Uh-huh. And get a lime. Get a jalapeno. Make sure to take the seeds out or you're going to think it's way too hot. And then you drink it and it's super like smooth and like sweet from the lime going down. And then when you're done, like when you're like done swallowing, you're like, ooh, got a little bit of kick to it. This is nice. And I can't believe you've never had a, a jalapeno margarita. Dude, do you even eat Mexican food? I do, but I... Apparently, apparently not. I, I, Dude, I love Mexican. Do you want to hear... Speaking of Mexican food... My family is notorious for picking a holiday menu, and then three weeks before the event, another message comes out and goes, hey, we're just going to do Mexican. My grandpa 
just survived cancer. He had throat cancer. Couldn't really swallow. This dude wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, man, I'm really thirsty. Goes to the freaking kitchen, pours a glass of water, and just takes a drink. And he said he didn't even think about it. And then he swallowed it and just kind of like stood there like, holy shit, I can swallow again. Because when you have throat cancer, you know, they radiation everything on your throat. They like burns it. So your muscles get roasted and you have to relearn how to swallow. And I, sorry we're getting sidetracked here, but I'm like, Grandpa, what would have happened here if, you know, you went to swallow and you couldn't and you just choked? And he goes, you know, I really didn't think about it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, Grandpa. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, his birthday is coming up at the end of this month. And uh, sure enough, you know, we're having a little cookout, barbecue. My aunt texted about last week and goes, hey, I uh, think we're going to have Mexican. <laughs> I was just like, of course we are. Christmas, Mexican. Easter, Mexican. Thanksgiving, Easter with some turkey and ham. That's awesome. That's it, dude. It's what we do. So, well, yes, that- I had freaking Mexican food. But I've not put no jalapenos in my drinks. Yes, you will. Just try it one time for me. Okay, I'll have a no thank you drink. That's what I'll have. All right, whatever. You're missing out. You're totally missing out. All right, back onto the real subject. Yes, Vegas. Getting checks mailed to you. Yep. What bets did you make? I saw that you sent me a picture of some. I'm not going to ruin it. This is your moment. This is your time to shine. Shine Shine bright like a diamond, baby. What bets were made? All right, my annual Jaguars win the Super Bowl bet. Have I ever won it? Obviously not. It is, me, <laughs> it is me literally burning $50 every single year. But you want to know what? Two years ago, I had that real hope. And now I'm even more invested. So $50. Payout What's is the payout for that? over $3,000. So what next, are the odds then? Um, it was, I'm sorry. I don't have it on me right now. It was like 20, 40 to 1, I think. 40 to 1. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I got the Denver Broncos. They are at seven wins, and I put the under on seven wins. I do not think that that team goes eight and eight, basically, is what I'm saying. Sorry, Denver, you're not a 500 team. Ooh, boom roasted. Yep. Next is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they were at six wins. I also took the under on that because you're not winning seven games with – Winston, I'm sorry. Um, next one, our team. Yeah, it's our team now. Buffalo Bills. I put the over of seven. That team is winning over seven games. I was a little upset that it went up because it was six and a half. So I missed that train. But that's all right. Uh, my wife made this one, and she looked at me and said, you need to send this to Austin. And that is... The Chargers at over 10 wins. Tell me that one again. Chargers over 10 wins. How much did you put on it? I only, I only put $10 on it because I, I, <laughs> I... It's just hard uh, doing anything over 10 wins. It's just difficult. That sure is. And uh, whose idea was this? My wife's. Tell her to delete my number. Okay. <laughs> I <can do> that. <laughs> and then... You're like, deal. <laughs> yeah, deal. <laughs> and then the last one was... Kind of a spur of the moment type bet, and it was for the um, Falcons to win the NFC. So basically, represent the the NFC in the Super Bowl. They don't have to win the Super Bowl; they just have to make it there. That one, I feel. I mean, like I put I put fifty dollars on it, and payouts over a grand. 
that's really good because yeah. i mean i don't think you're wrong like yeah who else is going to be doing it honestly exactly i was looking at all the other teams and i was like shit i mean like the eagles it was like they had twice the the likely of doing it so like the payout would have only been like 500 for the eagles and i'm like are they that much better and i'm like and then the the saints were even better than that i'm like are the falcons that much worse than the saints when they're healthy because i don't think they are nfc is going to be fun to watch dude the whole NFL is going to be so fun to watch. It really I mean, is. As much as we've been talking about it, and this has been so much fun for me because it's nice to just kind of talk my thoughts out and have a way of expressing it. And then when shit happens, I'm like, damn, I called it. And now I got to get to the point of when I have a thought or feeling and I need to tweet it because half the time it's like like last year, a couple of years ago, when Alex Smith had the whole series out about him and he had the quote of, you know, I just – I got a lot of fuck it in me. Like, I just, you know what I mean? I got to learn how to say fuck it. I had just thought like a month beforehand, like, man, like, why doesn't anyone do a special on Alex Smith? Like, it'd be really cool to just kind of hear more about him and learn more about him. Boom. Look what happens. I was like, huh, I thought that. Yeah. I thought that. Should have said it. We've said it all the time. You and I need to tweet more. We'll get at it. We'll For be, sure. We'll be better. So, right. uh, Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to lead us right into your famous little, your show, our show, but your segment, Tree Sivia. All right. So I have like seven. I did a lot of, a lot of research on the plane down to Vegas. So I'm going to do a few tonight. I think this one's super easy, and I think you're going to get it. Um, who has the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers. Okay, super easy. What's the number? <laughs> uh, like touchdown to interception ratio? Yep. Uh, well, he's only thrown like how many interceptions in his career? Less than 100. Well, I think it's – I mean, it's like low, low. Like I honestly think it's like below 20. No, because he had a season where he threw like 12. Look Dude, at I I really do think it's super freaking low. 80. It is 80. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. So, his interception ratio like to touchdowns. Yep. What is it like? I want to say like every 20 touchdowns he throws an interception? Uh yeah, I get. So, it it's four the answer is 4.22. So, he throws he throws 4.22 touchdowns to every interception. Oh wow! I totally misunderstood how that worked. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> as you re- wow, as you were answering, I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be right on this, so we're going to just on everybody. <laughs> now let's go ahead and uh, re-explain that. So his touchdown interception rating is four point two two. So every four touchdowns that he throws, there's going to be about an interception with right there with it. Correct. Gotcha. My bad. Sorry. Well, all good. All good. All right. Let's go with two quarterbacks and their career stats okay i want you to guess who they are player a is 23 and 17 record has a 63.7 completion percentage 70 touchdowns to 28 interceptions and a passer rating of 92.5 player b is 32 and 16 record 66.1 completion, 
67 touchdowns and 25 interceptions and a 96 passer rating. Okay. And these are two quarterbacks in the NFL. Correct. First off, which player is better? Is it player B? Do you think player B is better? More wins, more touchdowns, less interceptions, a higher percentage. Yeah. I I mean, I think so. Stats sure so show it. So who are these guys? And this they're in the NFL right now or all time? No, they're they're currently starters in the NFL. Fudge, dude. I'm really trying to think this one out because I wanna I don't like being wrong. What the hell? That math ain't right. Okay. And they are starters. Yep. We will talk about them in our next segment. Son of <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. You got one of them, right? Which one? I don't know. Which one do you think? God dang it, dude. Take a guess, man. You got a 50-50 shot. Jared Goff, because you asked me about him earlier. Nope, he's not in it. All right, Carson Wentz and probably Matthew Stafford, because you mentioned both of them in their contracts. Uh, No, incorrect. Carson Wentz. Yep. And Derek Carr. No, buddy. We talked about this guy already today, too. Come I don't on. know. I'm going to have to take a pass, dude. Dak Prescott. What? Don't tell me Dak is player two or player B. <laughs> Dak is player no. B, dude. He is. Oh. No. Wentz is A and Dak is B. Oh, my God. That's why, dude, I'm surprised I didn't give it away because when you said, like, is Dak going to get paid more? I was like, oh, shit. He's, I can't answer this because this is, <laughs> this is Trusivia. <laughs> wow. And just a lot's going to be cut out here for you guys listening, but, like, I had to write down the stats. Trees probably told me two or three times just to make sure I was right on everything. This dude has more wins, less losses. Yes, Wentz has been out with injuries a lot, a better passer rating, a better completion percentage. Not as many touchdowns, but less interceptions. And and They've both been in the league three years. And I think these are passing touchdowns. I don't know. I don't know if these are passing touchdowns or overall. They got to be overall because there's no yeah. way Wentz has 70 without his rushing. Wow, dude, that is freaking nuts. But for the record, everyone, I would still pay Carson Wentz more than I pay Dak Prescott. I don't know now because <laughs> Dak doesn't get hurt. I mean, you really, like, really think about this. And I have been on the we're not paying Dak train. Yeah. But. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Zeke. He's got a good offensive line, and their defense is built. All right. So uh, another good segment of Trees Ivia. We're definitely going to have to post those. Uh, I think we'll just do like a poll setting here on rank which player you would rather pay, and then we'll come right out with who each player is. Because I think this is a really interesting topic, really interesting stats that has yet to be displayed or even shown to kind of put together what these two guys are doing this far into their career, even though Wentz has been hurt, and I know that's going to be an argument from people. But the last couple episodes, we ranked our AFC quarterbacks and then our NFC quarterbacks and followed that up with the tier ranking of elite, borderline elite, great, good, average, and below average. We had to throw in the great because we just kept putting too many guys between border elite and good. So that's where we were stuck with the great. That came in late. 
But we have a quarterback bracket that our very own Justin Treese has created because he just appears to have so much free time on his hands that he doesn't know what to do besides create brackets. So we're going to go ahead and roll with this. And he has ranked them 1 through 32. And Treese, I want you to go ahead and lead through this, and we'll just create our bracket from here, man. Okay, sounds good. So as Austin said, that's exactly what we did. We went off of what our tiers were. There was a few times that Austin and I disagreed, so I kind of just split the difference most of the time and just tried to find a spot. Uh, I think you'll I think you'll agree with most of what I did here. So let's get started here. Number one seed, Mr. Tom Brady versus the number thirty-two seed, Marcus Mariota. Are we going to have an upset? Absolutely not. Tom Brady does. Did not think so. All right. I'm going to just stay on one side of the bracket, and then I'll move to the opposite side of the bracket. Love it. Number 16, Mr. Dak Prescott versus 17, Mitchell Trubisky. Tough one. But after seeing those stats, Dak. Love it. Love it. All right. Number nine, Phillip Rivers versus number 24, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, number nine, Rivers. That equals about as many kids that he has. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and stick with him and the kiddos. Sounds good. I just realized that I think I had him a little too high, but that's all right. We're going to roll with this. Number eight, Deshaun Watson versus number 25, Rosen. I think after this next season, this is a little tougher because I think Rosen's actually going to excel in Miami after saying that I realized that he has nothing surrounding him, so I'm going to pick Watson. So it may be another two years for Rosen. Or he might just be the guy that had so much potential and it was wasted because he was just screwed over once he got to the NFL. Next, guys. Number four, Russell Wilson versus number 29, Andy Dalton. Um, Elite versus average. I'll take elite, Wilson. Didn't think that was going to be too tough. (laughs) All right, moving on. We have your boy, number 13, Jimmy G versus number 20, Josh Allen. Jimmy G, buddy. Jimmy G. Allen still has too much to prove. Jimmy G does as well. But when you got Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, and some fast guys on the outside with about three good running backs, it's hard to not be good. Number 12, Matthew Stafford versus number 21, Derek Carr. Wow, I feel like we got Derek Carr rated pretty low here uh, after looking at that. But I'm probably going to take Stafford. I feel like we have too many – young guys over car when cars proven time and time again that you know he can't be the guy i i I think when you start seeing these names i don't think you're gonna think that uh let's see go number five andrew luck versus number 28 the giants quarterbacks andrew luck all right moving on to the opposite side of the bracket we have the number two seed aaron Rodgers versus 31 Jameis winston Once again, another one of the greatest for a guy that uh, probably shouldn't have been the number one pick in his class, but he was. Aaron Rodgers, moving on. Number 15, Baker Mayfield versus number 18, Kirk Cousins. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Cool, you know, Mr. Good, the really good guy, Kirk Cousins. Our first upset of the tournament, ladies and gentlemen. We have number 10, Carson Wentz, versus number 23, Kyler Murray. Hey, money talks, and so does Carson Wentz now that he has all this money. Moving on versus a short guy that was drafted number one, but a pretty cool visor. 
Barry Kulebizer. Number seven, Drew Brees versus number 26, Nick Foles. Sorry to do it to you, bud, but Drew Brees it is. I 100% agree. I also think that what, or Foles probably – we probably should, hit, should have put him ahead of Murray and Haskins and them, and we did not. That's my fault. All right, number three. We're just going to give them the win because it's your boy, Patrick Mahomes, and we know he's winning this round versus Joe Flacco. Booyah. On to the next one. On to the next one. Number 14, my MVP prediction in Jared Goff versus Cam Newton. I'll let you have this one, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate that one very much. (laughs) We have number 11, Matt Ryan, versus number 22, Sam Darnold. Matty Ice. All right. Ice and over the Cali boy. And then we have number six, Big Ben, versus number 27, Lamar Jackson. Just give it to me again. No. AFC North Championship. It is. Quarterback, Big Ben. I mean – Lamar Jackson's an NFC North champion or AFC North champion as well. Just just a few months ago. What? Nah. Yeah, they won the they, Baltimore won the division last year. Shut up. <laughs> it reminds me of Happy Gilmore. Happy defeated that beat no longer than two hours ago. <laughs> when he asked, when the guy asked me if he's gonna drive it, drive the green, <laughs> Shooter McGavin's like, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. All right, everybody. Sorry. Moving on to the next round. We have we have Brady versus Dak. Brady versus Dak. Brady is moving on. Brady is moving on, huh? Okay. We have Philip Rivers versus Deshaun Watson. This is a tough one. Ooh. Uh, I'm going Watson, dude. I would agree. All right, we have Wilson versus Jimmy G. Ouch. Uh, (laughs) Let's go Mr. Wilson. Yikes. This one I was waiting for. Andrew Luck versus Sam – or, sorry, Sam Stafford versus Matthew Stafford. Uh, Andrew Luck for sure. Okay. All right. Rodgers versus Cousins. Rodgers. All right. Wentz versus Breeze. Ooh. I got to take Drew Breeze. Yep. It would make sense. Mahomes versus Goff. (laughs) If we know. I mean, Aaron Donald's not coming around the fucking corner this time. (laughs) I stripped the ball once again. So uh, Patrick Mahomes is winning this straight up. All right. All right. Matt Ryan versus Big Ben. I want you to pick this one because I'm stuck. I don't know. That's tough just to be a snap of my finger, make a decision there. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. I think. That's where I was at with it, too. I just didn't want to say it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ryan. All right. Okay. Elite eight. Here we go. We have Brady versus Watson. Ooh, Brady. Okay. We have – All right. Wilson versus Luck. This is awesome because remember when we did our – we were drafting the teams, Mm -hmm. and these were the two guys I was debating out of. Oh, boy. Wilson or Luck. I got to go Wilson, dude. I mean, he just does too much on his own. I know Luck does as well, but when it really comes down to a game, it's like, who do I want that's going to put the ball in the breadbasket on a tight throw in an open, you know, with very little opening or space for the ball to get there? I've seen Wilson do it too many times. So, yeah, uh-huh. Wilson for me. I'm with you. I did. I made that exact pick earlier, so I'm good with that. Rodgers versus Breeze. 
Rodgers. Okay. Mahomes versus Matt Ryan. Ha, 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 ha. Apparently, Mahomes got, like, the Kentucky treatment <laughs> and got, like, the easiest walk all the way through. Jesus, you're in the final four. All right. Oh, Yellow brick road. Yep. Here we go. Final four, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Brady versus Russell Wilson. Man, this is quite the matchup. It is. Am I off by saying Wilson here? I'm with you, dude. I would take Wilson. I would take Wilson at this point. Oh, my God. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Russell Wilson in the finals. (laughs) Who will he face? We have Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Well, there went the old yellow brick road for (laughs) Mahomes. (laughs) Uh, Things got a little tougher. Um, October 27th. Uh, Shout out to Melo. That's his birthday. But that's also going to be, hopefully, the passing of the torch game for Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes because they play in Kansas City. I'm going to that game. I'm making my way to that game. Nothing else is getting in the way. But right now, damn it, Teresa, I don't know because you're not giving me any looks to kind of like help me make this decision, and I don't want to sound like a homer. You want me to pick the pick for you? Yes. It's Patrick Mahomes at this point. Okay, okay. I didn't want to sound like a homer. I didn't want it to be doing too much about Patrick Mahomes. I love, I love Rodgers. And honestly, like there's no, like, I think it's, I honestly think it's a tie. And I think that Mahomes can get better as good as he is. I think that he can still grow. So that's why I picked Mahomes. Okay. So, so we have Mahomes versus Wilson in the championship. Cue the championship music. Cause boys, ladies and gentlemen, here we are for the championship round. And are you ready to rumble? Treese, who is your ultimate top quarterback in the NFL between Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes? Because you already know who I'm picking. This is going to be an awesome Twitter battle because I'm taking Russell Wilson. Get the fuck out of here. Are you I'm, serious? I'm you dead serious. Mahomes over Rodgers and then went with Wilson over Mahomes. Yeah, because I think that Wilson – I think if you put Russell Wilson on the Chiefs, he's doing exactly what Mahomes is doing, if not a little better by his ex- es- escapability. Okay, I can't ah, – I feel – I shouldn't have made the weird noise. Excuse that. This is tough. We almost got to flip a coin, but I don't have a coin. So if you have one – Got one. Booyah. Here's the coin. All right, we're going to do best of three. I got my coin. It's uh, actually to a game, so it's not a real coin, but one side's red, one side's black. We'll let red be Patrick Mahomes. Best of three. Here we go. Number one is – do you see that color? That's black, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. We'll go again. What color is that? Red Patrick Mahomes. Hey, this is it. We're in the championship of the championship. <laughs> Who's it going to come down to? The coin has been flipped. He's showing it. Oh, my gosh. It's Russell Wilson. Congratulations to Mr. Wilson. Uh, hey, Seattle, we got a deal. Uh, you also just won best quarterback on the Talking Football podcast. So, congratulations to you, Mr. Wilson, and your family and loved ones. Um, just want to wish you the best. Continue to tear it up. Find a way to win the NFC West this season because, boy, it's going to be hard. 
Same with Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West. Um, I guess just the guys in the West do a lot better. Maybe have a tough road because the guys in the East seem to fucking win all the championships. But that's just how it seems to work out. Am I wrong? No. Trace, do we have anything else that we want to talk about today? We are going to go into an interview with Andrew Harbaugh and – Riley and I got to interview him last week. It is fantastic. If you guys don't follow him, you guys should. He'll tell you all of his Twitter handles. He's everywhere. We are going to go over to that right now. But for tonight, we've been talking football. Joined here with Andrew Harbaugh. And Andrew, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So for all of our followers that are not following you, one, shame on you, but two, this guy is everywhere right now. He is doing all sorts of media things, and he's a big fantasy guy. He's a writer for a Dynasty Happy Hour. He's a co-host for some fantasy podcast. He's a draft analyst for The Score Crow, and then he just started a new uh, he's a, the co-founder of Coast to Coast Scouting, which just started a couple weeks ago. Is that correct? A week ago. A week actually, ago. Today. So, awesome. yeah, it's just a week old. We're doing really well so far. That is awesome. Um, so, Andrew, why don't we just start out with Coast to Coast here and just tell us who's involved with that? How did it get started? And just whatever else you want to talk about. Oh, Lord, you're going to make me remember everybody offhand. So, um, <laughs> now a couple of us in the Sticks of Football Hall of Fame. I, I have been writing and doing draft analysis and everything else for Dynasty Happy Hour and the Score Crow before. And I always wanted to kind of have more customization, more control, more to do with it. And best way to do that is make something on your own. And we, we honestly did. We explored having our own site and everything else. And Everyone works full-time jobs, and I have kids, and JQ has kids who's a part of it too as well. Um, but as far as just time, it wasn't going to work out, and we were worried about it. But then the Scorecrow, who I took a mini break from after the draft just to kind of not feel obliged to write or do anything, just give my mind a break. Um, Johnny, who, I, who runs the site, he's fantastic. I talked to him, and he I pitched the idea to him one day, and I said, I want to come back regardless. I said, but I got this idea. I said, well, kill two birds with one stone. I'll give you a college football department, and I'll give you a scouting department. I said, ESPN has Scouts Inc. with Mel Kuyper, and then they also have their own draft stuff and everything else. I said, everyone else does it. I said, I just think it makes sense for that growing site, which it just hit its one year um, as well. And they're doing so well. They've got over 5,000 followers. We're doing, we just hit a high yesterday in views for the day on the page, so it's growing there as well. But um, as far as Coast to Coast Scouting, it's made up of a couple Stick to Football Hall of Fame members. We've all got together because of Matt, Mellon, and Connor, and we'll be forever grateful for that. And they're great friends, too. Um, it consists of Dan Barnes, Mason Whitlock, JQ, TV. Um, his real name's Jakar. I didn't find that out until we were trying to put this whole thing together, actually. <laughs> and uh, Anthony Oreo, who's reigning Stick to Football uh, Listener of the Year. Uh, Tyler Fornis. There's one more. Who am I missing? And, oh, Dan Kiefer. Oh my God, I should be punched in the face for getting Kiefer. But um, <laughs> and then myself. So there's seven of us, and we're covering all the different conferences. We're doing articles. We're doing rankings, big boards, mock drafts. We just want to put out as much content as possible. I mean, Draft Network came out last year and really set the whole draft scene ablaze. Um, you've got the established people like Todd McShay, Mel Kiper. 
um, Matt Miller, Connor Rogers, just to name a few. And then you've got Draft Network with Joe Marino, Ben Solak, Kyle Krabs, um, Trevor Sikama, Brad Kelly. They're all doing great stuff over there as well. And we just we want a part of that market as well. And while you said I'm doing all these different things, you've got to at this point because I'm not set up like all of them and none of us are. But when you do enough and you grind enough, it eventually works out. I haven't even been doing this a full year yet. June 23rd will be my first full year of writing for Dynasty Happy Hour. And Tyler Gunther gave me my first shot. So it's just crazy. And if you just – and I've told people, and I'm doing a couple interviews with draft analysts to kind of get their backstories out there. Your background doesn't have to limit you. Like my, I have nothing special in football. I've got no real connections. It's just – you talk, you get out there, and you bust your ass, and it, and it should pay off. Not every situation does. I'm very blessed, and I've talked about that. So, But that more in a nutshell, more or less, after my rant, that sums up about everything with that. No, that's awesome, dude, and I totally agree. I, I mean, we've only been doing talking football since uh, early March, and I've even started to recognize that, just how much of a grind it actually can be and reaching yeah, out right. to people and stuff. And it's awesome. We actually talked with Brandon uh, on our last podcast, Brandon Olson, and he we kind of agreed that like the draft community, especially on Twitter, is just fantastic, and everybody's yeah. just trying to help everyone out. Like Everybody understands how difficult it actually is. But um, So what about, what about your dynasty happy hour so because i'm a big fantasy guy so uh one of the reasons why i really wanted you on was to talk to you about talk to you about some fantasy stuff yeah no i mean fantasy football is something i've been into i i was trying to think back the other day the first team i remember drafting was with my grandfather and it was the year the to went to the eagles and my team i love the eagles that year because McNabb, westbrook uh todd pinkston terrell owens um Oh, who's the tight end? LJ Smith, I think. Um, I had all of them in fantasy because I didn't know how it worked. I just figured you get the best offense and it worked out that way, but it doesn't. And so that was the first year I did football. And my grandfather always did a keeper league, which was similar to Dynasty. And he would always do the rookie drafts and the free agent drafts and stuff like that. And he was a big part of it. And so, like, he never watched college football. So I always helped him with his rookie drafts. Like my favorite memory of it all is he couldn't remember with his first pick to take Lima Swede or Chris Johnson one year. And he liked Lima Swede because the Steelers needed to replace Heinz Ward. And I like Chris Johnson because he set the 40 time record. And he's like, well, okay, I guess I'll go with Chris Johnson. Well, when he won the title the next two years, he thanked me. So, um, and I'm sure he's paid me back enough over the years with stuff, but, um, that was my start with fantasy, and I, I always do. I say I'm going to do one league, and I end up doing eight, much to my wife's chagrin. But, no, with Dynasty Happy Hour, I, I never done Dynasty football. And then I just saw one day Tim Manifel retweeted that they were looking for writers. It was actually – I was – my wife was driving home for our anniversary dinner, which is why I know it's the anniversary because the anniversary is the same. And I saw that they were looking for writers, so I messaged them, and I said, hey – I've never written anything before, but I love fantasy football. I know the teams. I know this. I know that. They were looking for someone to cover individual teams at the time. And I'm a Browns fan, but all that was available, I think, was Cincinnati, Baltimore, the Rams. Like I said, I don't care who I cover. I said, just give me somebody. I just want to get my foot in the door. And then I got to cover my Browns, and then it just went from there and did so well. First 
podcast they did was Top Dog Dynasty. And from there, I fell in love with doing podcasts. And then we got Debbie Happy Hour. I started writing about the college football aspect of it because I think that's something that's not talked about enough for Dynasty football is you got to know and you suck. <laughs> I, I'm going to leak. I suck. And I planned ahead in that aspect. And I got ready for this upcoming rookie draft. And I'm getting ready for the 2020 draft because it's going to be insane. And so like that, I think, is so underrated in your preparation for Dynasty and preparing to win. Um so that's just something that I saw that I could corner the market on a little bit, and then it kind of became my thing, and it really went off with Dynasty Happy Hour. That's way cool, man. So my league, we have a, I have a pretty competitive league. It's been going on for, this is year 13 of the league, um, 12-man league, and uh, we don't do Dynasty, but we do two-man keeper league. So we also, there's a lot of guys that are always looking for the, the rookies, right, to try to get them cheap. So we don't do a snake draft. We do an auction-style draft. So it's all about budgeting your money and stuff. So um, a lot of those guys listen to this podcast, so I might be screwing myself here. But uh, tell, tell me <laughs> some really rookies. a strategy to listen. Exactly, right? Uh, tell me some rookies that uh, everybody should be looking out for this year. I mean, you got a quarterback – really tough <laughs> for anybody listening the face i just made looked horrible um no i mean i'm in a league where i have the first pick and there's teams that need a quarterback and i'm getting insane offers for it because people want kyler murray so again it's kind of like you said they need to listen to, they're going to listen to this and they'll hear how you're thinking about players um know what your league mates want and use it against them like the one guy he was like so you're not going to take kyler murray i said no i'll probably take Nikhil Harry or Josh Jacobs. He's like, well, I'll take whoever you don't take. I was like, well, you just told me what you want now. I said, so now we got the price going up because I know what you need. But um, no, I think as far as quarterbacks, I think investment-wise, Haskins and Stidham's definitely a big stash. Um, start right away. I think Kyler Murray's obviously the easy choice there. I think Daniel Jones might earn some stuff towards the end of the year. Same with Haskins. I don't see Keenum lighting the world on fire, especially in a tough NFC East. Uh, but I, I like Haskins a lot. I think him and Kyler are going to be the top two guys out of this class. As far as running back, I think it's deeper than people talk about. Um, I'm in a league right now. We're doing a startup draft, and I'm in the 20th round, and I'm targeting people like Karan Higdon, Bruce Anderson, uh, my guy from Utah State, Darwin Thompson, all who are late picks or undrafted who – are in the right situation to potentially take over. Like Lamar Miller hasn't lit the world on fire despite making the Pro Bowl last year at Houston. Karan Higdon can carry that workload with Deshaun Watson. Darwin Thompson, they keep saying Damian Williams is the workhorse there in Kansas City. It, it's an Andy Reid offense with him deciding who the running back carries are going to go. He's never had a bell cow except for Brian Westbrook, really, in his whole career. And obviously Kareem Hunt before that unfortunate incident. And then... Uh, I mentioned, too, with Bruce Anderson, Tyler Gunther, who um, runs the Dynasty Happy Hour. He loves Rojo, Ronald Jones, and he's pounding down the table for him. I think Bruce Anderson's a better prospect. Now, I know. <laughs> it's just, that's his guy is Ronald Jones. But um, I think Bruce Anderson's great. He showed it down in Mobile, and he's a great pass catcher. And that's – if you look at Bruce Arians, D2 pass catching running backs do okay with him, a la David Johnson. Not saying he's going to be David Johnson, but I'm just saying there's a track record there to be looking ahead to that sort of thing potentially happening. But um, 
And then obviously I have the hot take, I feel like, of the draft season. I had Debo Samuel as my number one receiver. He can play any position receiver-wise. I think he's going to be the number one receiver for the 49ers. I think Jeremy Garoppolo is going to be healthy. I don't see Kittle putting out those insane numbers like he did last year. Um, just because I think Pettis is more of an outside look and then Goodwin's or Godwin's more of the track guy, literally. So I think Samuel's the most complete receiver there. And then tight ends, Foster Moreau, um, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Dawson Knox is a nice stash just because Tyler Croft already broke his foot and it's not even two training camp yet. So you just got to look and depth chart matters the most and following OTAs and training camps and reps, they say not to overreact in May and June, but it really does set the tone, I think, to how players will go coming or come towards September. Ooh, lost my train of thought there. Yeah. No, those are awesome names. So a couple ep- episodes ago, I talked about Higdon, and I was it was actually right after the draft and when he signed as an undrafted free agent with Houston. I was really upset. I wanted the Jags to take him. Uh, I thought he would be a good fit in Jacksonville. And then you brought up Thompson. And I don't know if we ever specified this with you. We're from Utah, Riley and I. Okay. So, so we know we know Thompson very well. We, you know, I mean, we're both Utah Utes fans, not Utah State fans. But um, we, we we like Utah State. They, they I like actually, Zach Moss, too. Don't worry. Zach Moss. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually a little bit harder on the Zach Moss train than a lot of people. I think he's a really, really good player. But a lot of people think that he's like – a second round running back around here. And I, I, I didn't I, do that at least. I'll tell you that. Now. Yeah. Like I was just like, I was just like, if he would have came out in this year's class because of the knee injury, I still think that he would have been seventh round guy just because of the uncertainty. Um, if he comes back healthy this year and pr- proves that he can be a good pass blocker, I could, I could see him jumping up into that like fourth round. Um, you know, if somebody really loves him, yeah, sure. The third round, but I kind of see him as a fourth round type guy. Um, so what, why, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, no. Yeah. I I was going to, um, jump in and just ask specifically, um, I'm going to give you just a second tree so you can edit that out. (laughs) Three, two, one. So Andrew, I I don't even know this encyclopedia of just, you might've just named like three entire NFL rosters right there. Uh, That's, it's, it's incredible. You have all that at the top of your head. Um, now, I think you know Doug from Talking Football. Our guy Doug is uh, also a huge Cleveland Browns fan. You are from Pennsylvania. Where did your Browns fandom begin? Where did it come from? So I didn't have a favorite team. I liked. I mentioned earlier. I liked Philadelphia because they had the firepower with McNabb and Owens. I won an Eddie George plush toy out of a Hosses crane machine, so I became a Titans fan for a little bit. That was the first jersey I got was an Eddie George jersey. Um, I really became a Steve McNair fan. That was my second jersey I got. But then in college, I had a favorite player. And I said, wherever he goes is who I'll be a fan of because I didn't have a team yet. And that was Brady Quinn. So Brady Quinn, I had I <laughs> wanted him in Oakland because I loved the silver and black. They went with Jamarcus Russell. With either one of them, obviously, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, <laughs> then I had a buddy who's a Dolphins fan. And he starts falling on the draft. And I remember... This is when the draft started at like noon on Saturday and we call each other and we're like, oh, we're going to be Dolphins fans together, blah, blah, blah. Then they take Ted Ginn right. and that never worked. And then the Browns do what they always do is they trade a number 22 in the draft and take a quarterback, whether it be Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon. But in this case, it was the start of it with Brady Quinn. So 
I got a Brady Quinn jersey was my next jersey I got. So got to go my rookie year. I watched them in Pittsburgh. That was when Derek Anderson was starting, and they actually yeah. went ten and six. So, but yeah, Brady Quinn's the reason I'm a Browns I, fan. I've, That's hilarious. So, um, Riley here also owned a Brady Quinn Browns jersey because he awesome. Was- dude, I literally I've been telling Doug I'm like, dude, I need to give you this jersey. I don't. I liked Brady Quinn a lot, and I think I was probably at Teresa's house for that draft. I remember that was our senior year of high school and going over there at lunch and making lunch. And then the, you know, ESPN comes on and it's like, the lions are going to take Calvin Johnson. And and that was just such a fun draft, like to think back on, but Brady Quinn's reaction when the dolphins took Ted Ginn, I'll never forget it. Just that, that, wow. You know? (laughs) Yeah. He goes, he leads back and he doesn't have his jacket. So Andrew, let me, let me ask you this because Treese, Treese has said over the years that, you know, if Brady Quinn ends up in a different situation, maybe he would have been a good player. Do you think he would have been, or do you think he just wasn't that good? I, uh, going back and watching now, like I've gone back and I watched the other day, I watched the USC Notre Dame Bush push game. And it was definitely one of those scenarios where I think Jeff Samarja mm-hmm. helped him more than anything. And they had the decent running game with Darius Walker as well. So, I mean, I love Quinn, obviously. And quarterback value is always going to be inflated. But yeah. um, he pro- it probably wouldn't have mattered <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, it's just one of those things where he'll still be my favorite quarterback till the yeah. end of time. He'll still yeah. be my dream interview. And But, it's yeah, it's one of those things where you got to be realistic. And it's just what – it's tough. <laughs> so, you, you interviewed him? I, that's my dream interview. Dream interview. Got I, I'm going to nail it one day. Kind, kind of like my uh, my Tim Tebow dream interview. So well, that's, I'm a Florida fan. So yeah. Tim Tebow's the second coming of Christ literally for me. So. so let me show you. Can you see that? Perfect. Yeah. So Why haven't uh, I been on this show early? I know, that's right? A good question. So, yeah. So, um, and the reason I became a Florida Gators fan was not because of Tim Tebow. It's because of the greatest coach in college football history, and that's Urban Meyer, because he came from the Utes. Came from Utah. Yep. So he put Utah on the map, and I will forever be in his debt because they would not they would not be in the Pac-12 without him. Um, as good as Kyle Winningham is right now. They wouldn't have made it there without him. So, um, my my Florida Phantoms a good story too. If you want to hear that real quick, I one hundred percent want to hear it. So I I, I didn't come to Florida fan because of Tim Tebow either. Uh my grandparents, uh, my great grandmother's always lived, and my great grandfather lived in Florida. Um, and we went down there one year, and my great grandmother has a sister. Her name was Edna May, and they they called her Crazy Edna May. I was like, well, what's so crazy about it? They're like, oh, you'll see, yada, yada. She drives up to the house. All four windows in the car have Florida flags. Front license plate Florida. Back license plate Florida Gator stuff. She's got bumper stickers galore. Um, And so I get to talking to her, and she's like, who do you like in college football? I said, well, I like Notre Dame because of Brady Quinn. And this is in 2008. And I was like but I don't really have a team. She's like, oh, perfect. So we go to the store, and I don't know how much money she dropped on me. The shirts. She's like, do you play football? Got me Florida Gator Eye Black that I never even used. Got me these ugly chains. She got literally anything. So I became a Florida fan because of her. And then 
just to further cement how crazy she was, I finally learned later on, when her husband Edwin passed away, they gave her the university, because he played full back there in the 50s, he, they gave her season tickets as part of his passing as like a thank you for serving the university, and they donated and stuff like that. And so she would always go to games. That's where I got to go to my first games was with her. But um, we were talking about it, yada, 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 and she's like, yeah, when Edwin died... It was a Saturday, but I couldn't mourn because we played Tennessee that week. So I just had to move on, and we had to keep going. So then the next week they played. I can't remember who she said it was. It was another SEC team. She put his funeral another weekend till there was an away game. So his body's just sitting there doing its thing. That is amazing. Just so she doesn't have to deal with it. And then she also had best breast cancer three times. She would schedule her chemo around a waste game schedule because she'd be tired that whole week, much to her doctors hating it. And then um, when she passed, she donated her body to the university. Dude, that is... Because <laughs> she wanted to be a Gator for life. <laughs> that is amazing. That is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, she was insane. It was great, though. That is so awesome. All right, so let me ask you this, then. And we'll take Tebow out of the equation here. Who's your favorite Gator of all time? Probably Brandon Spikes or Joe Hayden. Cool. Joe Hayden because I'm a Browns fan. I I loved Brandon Spikes because of the dreads. Totally. I just remember always seeing him chasing everyone down and so on. I mean, they had so many good players. I mean, I was just talking today with Coast to Coast guys. I mean, I'm not going to pick Riley Cooper or Aaron Hernandez, obviously, because they've done their own thing. But Jordan Reed, the Pouncey brothers are also excluded. I love Jeffrey Demps and Brandon James because of what they did in their return game. Absolutely. Um, I love Brandon Spikes, Carlos Dunlap, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Chris Hayden. Rainey. Chris Rainey wasn't that good of a person either, but Chris Rainey was still cool. Yeah. Um, um, Will Hill, Major Wright, who set the tone in that national championship game against Oklahoma. Matt Elam. I remember watching that. A little bit What'd later. Matt Elam. A little bit later, yeah. but. Yeah, they had a lot of great safeties. Yep. So, obviously, what Ohio State is now with recruits is what Florida was. And it's because of, as you said, Irvin Meyer. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So, for me, it's one is Percy Harvin, because I just thought that he – I still believe if he was in the NFL today, he would be amazing. Like, he fits his name, right? And then – but my favorite, and it's, it's a little bit older, and maybe it's the Jaguars homer in me, but Fred Taylor. They're going to say Moss, but I'm glad you said Fred Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Fred Taylor is a badass, and I'm like one of those firm believers that he doesn't get the respect that he deserves for his college or NFL career and should be in the Hall of Fame. But that's probably <laughs> maybe a little bit more biased in me. But I mean, the bus is in the Hall of Fame, so why can't the? Oh Fred yeah, Taylor... don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah, right. Unbelievable. Um. All right. Cool. So. The other episode, uh, my wife asked this awesome question, and it started like really taking it. Uh, you know, it's been expanding here. I know that Brandon Olson's using it on his podcast and stuff, so we're going to start using it as well to continue it because I think it's just a good question overall, and I'm more than happy for any podcast to use this. Um, but it is, if you were an NFL player and you could do my cleat, my cause, what would be your cause? And I remember when you asked me about this before to make sure, and I said, I'll repeat it now for anybody listening. You were like, I hope this is an okay question. It, unless you're an asshole, you have a, you have an answer to this question. Yeah. I mean, easily. I didn't even have to think about it. Um, no, for me, it would probably be uh, 
Pittsburgh Children's Hospital because my oldest son was born with Hirschsprung's disease. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, um, essentially early on in the pregnancy, uh, when their bowels are developing, what connects to you to go to the bathroom, number two, doesn't develop. And it kind of becomes a kink in the hose. And my son was about a week old and he was throwing up and my wife called me. She's like, it's this weird color. And I won't go into more detail about it, but you can put two and two together at that point. So um, took him to the hospital, had to get him taken down to Children's, and we spent it up, ended up spending about three weeks down there. And I, I had my son when I was younger. I mean, I'm, I was going to be 22. Um, I'm going to be 25. He'll be three this year. And it, I, I grew up within that first week he was alive. I mean, I was going to grow up regardless, but just being in Children's kind of sped up the whole process. And that hospital does so many other great things apart from just helping my son. I mean, there's little kids in there. I mean, they're going through the worst stuff imaginable, and they still find time for them. And credit to the Penguins and the Steelers. Um, the Steelers were actually just there this past weekend, all the rookies go. That's part of their entry program to the Steelers, which is really nice. Um, Pirates always let the kids in the cancer unit shave their head, which is always fun. And the Penguins do stuff and so on and so forth. And Mario Lemieux and WWE do a lot of big stuff there as well. So that hospital in general is just so good and so great for so many things. I would definitely do a um, green ribbon is the Hirschsprung's disease. I would definitely do cleats for that. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm also a recently new dad, uh, my first, and I couldn't even boy, imagine. Boy or girl. Boy. Awesome. So, yep. Little Miles. I named him after Miles Jack, who's my uh, favorite player on the Jacks. My youngest name is Grayson Miles, and his name is Miles because of Miles Garrett. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So, so, you spelt, so you spelt it with a Y, right? Yes, I did. Me too. There you go. It's the only way to do it. No. That's awesome. Exactly. Not Miles Sanders. Yeah, no, not Miles Sanders. Though I also am very high on him as well. But, Agreed. Yeah. So awesome, Andrew. Well, we appreciate you taking the time um, to join us and everything. Uh, well, how about you give us your Twitter handle and we'll get our followers to start giving you a follow. Yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter at Mandrew NFL Draft. And as you mentioned, I do stuff at Dynasty Happy Hour, the Score Crow, the Coast to Coast Scouting. All of that's in my Twitter bio if you want to look through there. Um, I'm on Twitter an awful lot. Again, to quote earlier, much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> so um, I'm always up for answering questions. Follow me in trade polls, whatever you guys need. and I'd, I'd love to help. So um Ben Albright's helped me a lot in this past year, and he, I asked him how I could do to repay him. He's like, just pay it forward. So that's my whole thing is I want to be as interactive as possible with everyone and help whoever I can. So, yeah, at Mandrew NFL Draft. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. And one more thing now that just popped into my head now that you're talking about Twitter. The other day you posted the uh, who's the most random college football player. Yes. And I, I, I responded with uh, Colt Brennan and – I, I felt like I that was a pretty good that. one. What was that? I appreciated that. Yeah, I love Colt Brennan of Hawaii. Yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt I felt pretty good. I got I, I felt like I got a fair amount of retweets on it uh, compared to the others. So I was like, all right, it was a pretty good one. Pretty good one. Yeah, I I can only imagine the uh, especially as we get closer to the 2020 draft next year. Andrew, we'll have to have you come on plenty of times before then. But around that time next year, the heyday that you guys can have talking all these prospects and stuff man it 
Gotta love it, man. We, football is what brings us all together, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. I've already got 250 prospects for next year, so my mind's already getting prepped for it. Love it. Love it. All right, cool. Thanks again. Hey, thank you, guys.